Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a program. I have to stop a call coming in. Boy, perfect timing. Uh, welcome to our Healthy Harrison podcast, uh, a weekly program where we're, uh, we're dedicated to helping you change your state. And by that, we don't mean relocating from West Virginia. Governor Justice would not be a big fan of that. Uh, what we'd like is to help you uh, live happier, healthier lifestyles. We want you to eat better, exercise more, relax more, don't smoke, moderate drinking, all of those things that we think lead to a, uh, a longer, healthier, happier lifestyle. Uh, I am hosting this show each week with our co-host, Amy Haberbosch-Wilson. She is the executive director of the Harrison County Economic Development Corporation. And Amy, welcome. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. Yeah, good Thank to have you. you here. Hey, real quick, before we introduce our guest, Amy, uh, because I think I've interviewed you a couple of times now as executive director of economic development uh, in the area, and folks might know, all right, what's the connection? Economic development and a healthy community. It also means a healthy community, a healthy workforce. So yeah. as we promote economic development and move to expand some of the companies that are here, help relocate companies here. We look at quality of life. We look at health. Um, it's absolutely very vital that we have a, a healthy workforce as well. Okay. And uh, as we get started, I would like to mention real quickly our uh, sponsors each week, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Our guests today, and you can already see them up on your screen, are Christy Good, a nurse from Bridgeport, kind of a former, she's still a nurse, but uh, more a nutrition coach, and that's what we'll be talking to her about primarily today. Uh, in particular, a program she's involved with called Love, Live, and Low Sugar. And uh, also on our show today will be Dr. Christopher Good. Uh, Dr. Good is chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine for the WVU School of Medicine, and he's assistant vice president of emergency medicine for WVU uh, Health System. So Chris and Christy, welcome aboard to our Healthy Harrison podcast. Glad to have both of you here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Chris, I'm going to start out with you, and we're going to approach from more of a scientific position since you're a, uh, an MD. And uh, I, I'm going to talk in, in terms of, uh, and, and I think sometimes the way we promote good health, it's, it's sad, but we, we sometimes have to uh, scare people into living a healthier lifestyle. In, in, in your work dealing with metabolic-related disorders, diabetes, heart disease, cancers, uh, how serious is the issue in West Virginia? We hear about it every day. We don't always hear about it from a doctor. Yeah, so, so when we talk about emergency medicine specifically, but healthcare in general, we are really good at sick care, right? We're really, really good at sick care. We're really good at taking care of you after you get sick. But even those of us in emergency medicine and the, you know, our colleagues in primary care really are starting to focus on uh, preventative medicine. I mean, all the, the things that we do in medicine, all the advanced technologies, all the advanced medications are great. But West Virginia, unfortunately, still leads uh, the nation in many of the unfortunate categories of obesity, um, cardiovascular disease, stroke. 
uh, things of that nature. Now, some of those are um, unfortunately hereditary, right? You could have a family history of that. But many of the things that lead to those diseases or, or worsening of those diseases um, it are caused by the, the habits um, that you choose, good and bad, uh, every day. So really, I think that's the focus. That's the focus of WV Medicine is really get into to what Amy talked about and is providing a better healthcare system, but also a healthier West Virginia so that people want to come here and raise their families and work and, and make a life for themselves. Healthy Harrison, Chris, has really focused in on obesity this year. We've, uh, we're hosting some uh, community campaigns where uh, there's going to be an effort to get people out exercising, to diet or eat more nutritious meals. Um, again, in your role as a doctor, what are the biggest contributors uh, to obesity? How do we avoid them? So if you look back 100 years, we weren't as sedentary as we are today. You know, we're sitting here today in front of the computer. Many of us will spend our entire day in front of the computer. So you go back 100 years, you look at lifestyles, you look at how people worked, how people got to work, and also what they ate. Uh, your other esteemed guest here, which I'm very fond of, will tell you that, <laughs> you know, we we in the United States have, have got ourselves into some bad habits. Um, we choose fast food because it's convenient. We choose, um, you know, high calorie food. And then even worse, we cover it up with diet food. I'm a perfect example. When I was a young physician, I was a young administrator. I hopped myself up on energy drinks and, you know, Mountain Dew and all those things until uh, a few years ago when, when a, a smart lady that I know well said, hey, this, this really isn't working for us. But, but that's what we've done in society. You know, we've gotten so fast in society. So now, you know, we go and we go to a fast food restaurant and we order, you know, whatever is quickest for us that we like. And then we cover it up with a, a diet drink. And that, that is, you know, that affects your kidneys, that affects your liver, that affects, you know, your, your whole endocrine system. And so when you look at obesity, it just makes everything more difficult. You know, people have bad knees and bad hips because they're overweight and they're carrying more weight than they should. So what does that lead to? That leads to people having to get, um, you know, joint replacements yeah. or right. they get worse and they're not able to ambulate and they're not in, so they gain more weight and their heart disease gets worse. So uh, I think it's just a combination of, of a number of things and, and obesity is unfortunately just additive to all of those disease processes. Well, that um, smart lady that you referred to is, is also on the, uh, <laughs> the panel. So I'd like to ask on her a question. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Christy, you created the Love Living Low Sugar. Did I say that right? Yes, you sure did. Um, sounds great, but how do we get people to walk away from the cake and the cookies and the candy and the, some of the options that we have right here in town? <laughs> well, I created Love Living Low Sugar um, out of a desire to help others once I learned about myself. Um, my goal is to help clients to eat better and become more active so they can stop dieting and have more energy. That's, that's what we all want. So 
for me, I started with the 21 day sugar detox and I started coaching groups through the 21 day sugar detox. And from there, I was able to get a certification in nutrition to where I could coach one-on-one. And that is what I love. I love coaching one-on-one because we're all different. Everybody needs to learn how to develop their own habits and change their own lifestyle because it's really difficult to just tell. We're not I can't tell everyone to do the exact same thing because it's not going to work in everyone's lifestyle because we all are different. And I coach a little differently. I coach through actions, which will create habits. So then people can reach their goals, but everyone's action is going to be different to reach that goal. So just in general, I have to help people learn how to look for the whole foods, how to slowly and gradually change their nutritional intake. And that can be difficult, but if you start small, then you can do it. And all I ever want is for people to just start. It doesn't matter how you start, just start, just do something small, just one small little thing. And that will help guide you to where you want to go into your goal. How has the participation been? Um, do you have a different, I mean, is it is, an issue getting everyone to kind of stay on the whole 21 days? Um, like New Year's resolutions, it's great to start, but it, 21 days sometimes is a long time. Fall off You're the right. wagon, jump back on. <laughs> well, for the 21 day sugar detox, it's, it's one of those things where you guide people, you meet with them weekly and you encourage them and you support them and you show them, you teach them how to read labels. You show them which products are compliant and you start there. And then if someone has a treat that's off plan, then you just say, that's okay. Let's just get back on track the next day. And that's how I just coach clients in general, even when they're not on the 21 day sugar detox. If you get off track, just start the next day. One day is not going to hurt anything. But for the 21 days, I do encourage them because it's also, it's helping your liver, as um, Chris had mentioned before, um, the 21 day sugar detox is actually a partial liver detox because it's trying to get the sugar out of your system and help your liver to learn to function or to function better than it was before because it gets burdened with all of the sugar and all of the processed foods. So if you can clean it out, it, it's amazing how much better that you feel. And that's just in 21 days. Yeah, that's great. Bruce, <laughs> I'm gonna, if you don't go mind, I'll jump in there. And I think sure. she, um, as she always does, she undersells herself. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the 21 day sugar detox, and I've done it. And since I did it and was coached um, through it, I, I haven't had a carbonated drink in two years. Um, and so, but, but I think the other part is, is, is that it's a habit, right? So what you learn is you learn a habit and then you learn, you know, I learned a lot about food that I didn't know. It doesn't mean that you don't eat sugar. Um, I had sugar this morning. I was actually cooked sugar this morning, which is good, but it's the kind of sugar you eat. And, and I think when you look at, at, you know, healthy Harrison and healthy Bridgeport and all, you know, Nutter Fort and all the other programs, that's exactly what we're looking to do is to just give people a little nudge, a little path, a little, just a snippet, right? You know, we, and Christy won't, won't do it, but I will. Diets are tough, right? Because people talk about diets and they, they talk about whether you're in or you're out, right? And everybody feels bad if you fall off the wagon 
per se, or you get a cheat day or something like that. Just, just try to be the best you you can be every day and find someone like her, um, you know, talk to your doctor, whomever you need to, to, to find those few little habits every day, whether it's, you know, I, I tell a story about a friend of mine who now runs marathons who used to smoke two packs a day. And the way he decided to do it was every time he wanted a cigarette, he would get up and walk to the mailbox and back. And then a few years later, he actually ran seven marathons on seven continents and mm. seven days. You know, so that's the type of thing. And once you put your mind to it and you, you make that one little change, you know, the sky's the limit. Well, Christy, I, I want to stay on that for a second because Chris makes a great point. Sugar's not bad for us. Too much sugar is. And part of the problem, I, I presume, for all of us is that we really don't realize how much sugar intake we have every day from foods that we've just adopted as part of our lifestyle and, and don't know that they contain as much sugar as they do. Is that valid? That is valid. And that's part of the 21 day sugar detox and in general, just what I coach one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Okay. I try to teach people to read labels because what we don't understand is that sugar is everywhere. Yeah. If you're going more for the low fat foods, they're generally fillers. They're filled with sugar and they're filled with sodium to make them taste better. So it's better to go for the full fat yogurt. It's better to go for the full fat milk because otherwise they're going to have more additives in them. And that's what makes us want more because that sugar is what triggers us, the dopamine, and it makes us want more and more. And that's why we go back. Chris, let's go back to a medical uh, conversation. Uh, doctors care for patients every day of all shapes and sizes. What are the particular challenges of treating patients who are seriously overweight? Well, the, some of the biggest issues are um, just, just the, the strain that carrying weight has on the cardiovascular system. Okay. So while you know, we all think about obesity and, and cholesterol leading to clogged arteries, think about if you put a backpack on your back right now, Gary, a 40 pound backpack and went for a walk through your neighborhood. I am pretty sure you'd be huffing and puffing a little bit more when you got back than if you and your wife just went out and took you know, the dogs out for a walk right now. So think about doing that every day and the strain that it puts on your heart. So we see it, you know, we, we see it, you know, cause heart attacks or cause heart strain. The other thing is, is when you get infections and, and you're overweight, um, unfortunately you don't heal as well. You don't heal as fast. So that leads to immobility and immobility can lead to a number of things. But I would say the, the strain on your cardiovascular system and a predisposition to uh, not fighting infection well are, are two of your bigger risk uh, with obesity. Chris, do, do doctors today still try to offer uh, suggestions as how people can uh, eliminate some of these things from their life that cause these problems? Or uh, do, do doctors today kind of leave it to the Christy goods of the world to try to sell this message? So as I said earlier, we're really good in the American healthcare system of sick care. We're not very good at well care, but we're getting better. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that when you look at initiatives like 
a healthy Harrison. Changes like this require community. Now, now in emergency medicine and in medicine, we have an opportunity because we catch you at, at your scariest time, right? You're admitted to the hospital, you're in the emergency department because you had chest pain or because you had a concern of something else. So, so perhaps we can plant the idea, but when you go home, if you don't find that community, whether it's through maybe some of the diabetes education programs that exist in the hospitals or some of the you know, healthier eating programs, a local gym, some of the things that, that exist through some of the county programs like you know, bi-county nutrition, things of that nature, it's going to take the community to support what medicine should be recommending more often. Okay. And I, I hope, and, and, you know, as we go forward, one of the things we talk about is utilizing technology to, to bridge that gap, you know, so I would hope that one day, so right now, when you get discharged from one of my emergency departments, or when you get discharged from the hospital, it says you should quit smoking, you should lose weight, you know, you should do this, that, and the other follow up with your doctor, right? We don't, we don't talk about, you know, in your local community, here are programs that are available, or here is somewhere you could reach out. So as we evolve, and, and you know, you talk about Her Healthy Harrison being part of a statewide initiative that my boss Clay is, is very fond of to really transform West Virginia, I would hope that we can use you know, our electronic medical records across all of our hospitals and our clinics to really start to tie the, the, the agents of change that live out in the community, like my wife, like other people who are, who are there to support and educate, really look to a way to integrate that group with the uh, medical establishment, if you want to use that term. No, absolutely. I totally agree on the whole community. It takes all of us. Um, a plug for executive director, John Paul Nardelli, who has taught us all these baby steps that we refer to, and we'll continue to refer to those. It's going to be the small steps, the baby steps, the absolute awareness of everything um, and educating. So mm -hmm. I, I guess my next question would be, Krista, you talked a little bit about some of the foods. Um, can you give a, a few more examples? I know I learned, you know, when my kids were young, you feed them little snacks, you want them to be healthy snacks. So they love the little baby carrots. I learned just the baby carrots. There's a lot of sugar in the baby carrots. It's actually better to have a natural whole carrot, uh, limited cleaning. It's, it's just something very simple. Same thing with corn. The kids are thinking, okay, it's, it's a great vegetable. We can have corn. It's a filler. I, I learned that there are some, even ones that you think are healthy are really not that healthy. There's a lot of sugar in them. No, you're correct. That is true. Um, the corn, it's basically, it's a grain. So it, it's just full of sugar. It really is. And you're right. It's a filler. <laughs> but um, what I try to teach people is to look for in whole foods, just to like eat the banana, you know, look for the apples. Um, try to look if you're, if you need something fast, like maybe grab some nuts. Um, if you need something, um, like deli meat, I know it gets a bad rap, but a little bit, like I always say in moderation, is not bad. Um, but you do want to look for the whole foods because whenever I teach people about reading labels and looking on the back of a package, if it has more than five ingredients, do you really want to be putting that in your body? I mean, there's so many things that we just don't know what they are. And if you can't read what's on the back of the box, do you really want to put that in your body? So I highly encourage fruits. 
um, vegetables, raw or cooked, um, you know, anything like that is really just a healthier choice. But you're teaching people to read. I'm sorry. A lot of meat. Meat is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised on a farm, so I, I do eat a lot of meat. I like meat. I like vegetables. So when you say reading the labels, um, give us an example. I, I'm in the store. I'm walking down. Um, I'm flipping it over. Limited ingredients. I'm looking for sugar. What else? You know, what's positive, negative? What, what do I want to look for besides low sugar? Right. Well, you don't want to necessarily look for low sugar. You look for added sugars and it falls under carbohydrates. Like it will tell you how many carbohydrates are in an ingredient. And then you can see sugars. Well, just because it says there's sugar in something like tomatoes, that's a primary example. Tomatoes are a great, a great example. Um, they do have natural sugars, but if you look below, it will tell you how many added sugars are in a product. That's what you want to look for. You want to look for zero added sugars if possible. Milk is the same way. Milk actually contains um, lactose, which is a sugar. However, it's a natural occurring sugar in the milk. So you just kind of have to know what you're looking for. And companies are um, really sneaky about how they will have they will hide extra sugar in their ingredients. So maybe uh, the first thing on the list might say honey. On down through it might say dextrose, and on down through it might have another like allulose or something like that. So OSE, if it ends in OSE, O-S-E, it's a sugar. So you just want to make sure that you're looking for that and know that a product probably has more sugar in it than what it's letting on, but they just hide it and they can put it further down the list. And so it might be full of sugar, like a cereal, a sweetened cereal. That's a very good example. Let me remind people that you're watching and listening to the Healthy Harrison podcast, a weekly program whereby we encourage people to live healthier uh, lifestyles by eating better, exercising more, eliminating bad habits, and, and even relaxing more. Uh, anxiety is a big problem as it pertains to our health. And, and we want you to, and this is a perfect time of the year to, uh, to go outside and walk and, and relieve some of that anxiety from, as, as Dr. Uh, uh, said, uh, as Chris said, uh, many of us sitting in front of a computer all day long. It's a great way to relieve stress. Get outside and enjoy uh, Mother Nature right now. It never gets any prettier. Let me also um, mention again our sponsors uh, for Healthy Harrison's podcast, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Uh, Chris, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump back to you. Uh, has the pandemic had a, an impact on our community, our, our health and well-being, good, bad, or indifferent? I think um, we're going to see mixed results come out of it. I, when things shut down last spring, to your point, people found their way outside. They found their way to activities and places that provided social distancing. Um, all they really need to do is maintain those activities, uh, maintain their interest in the outdoors, uh, going for hikes and walks. I know, you know, with our kids at home, um, you know, they went on more walks with their mother and the dog than they probably ever cared to. And I think that's the other part that came out of the pandemic and, and really something that's worked for us. And, and I hate to keep talking about her, but, but she's the, the focus of why you know we as a family are doing well because you know it involves everybody so so i my hope is is that that families have found themselves at least 
closer during the pandemic and then as they they start to to now get vaccinated and and go out and and get to spend time with their families and friends that they'll share their good habits uh, that they picked up and they're getting out unfortunately I, I do think there are people whose conditions have gotten worse because of the pandemic be it that they could not or didn't feel comfortable seeking medical care where they sat around and and maybe put on a few pounds but it's not too late for them either um, so I think there's there's good and bad and I like to think that there's more good than bad coming out of it with people finding a renewed interest in in outdoor activities. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I've, I've thought many times that for some folks, uh, they probably responded in a very positive way to the pandemic and tried to take the extra time they had in their lives to do some of the right things that they've been thinking about for perhaps a long time. Others, it led to the negative side and um, too much time in front of screens and and snacking and doing things around home that you might not normally do if you were in an office environment. Um, so Chris, from what you're seeing, because uh, West Virginia, you know, is always at the bottom of the list when it comes to any discussion about health, the health of its citizens. In the next five, five to 10 years, uh, do you see uh, West Virginia getting better? Yes, yes, I do. I see. I see West Virginia getting better. I think the pandemic proved the um, just the quality of the people in West Virginia. I think that the way we responded to it, uh, the way we have responded to to vaccination and coming out of it, the uh, interest now that that the world has become a little bit more global, that people are showing in West Virginia are highlighting its people. But, but it is up to us, it's up to us to, as healthcare providers, to uh, get into the well care business, to get into the preventative business, because this is our workforce that we're talking about. And to Amy's point, you know, without good schools and a good healthcare system, but a healthy workforce, you need all of those things to grow our economy, uh, which then we can reinvest, you know, back into programs such as such as Healthy Harrison and others. So, so I'm optimistic for the next five years of West Virginia. I hope that, that we can get away from saying, well, at least there's Mississippi, um, nothing against our <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that gets a little old after a while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we can only play that one so long. No, but, we'll no. um, but I think that, um, I think that the opportunity lies ahead of us and, and as long as community organizations are looking to get involved with the health systems uh, across the state. I, I think that, um, I think we can, we can make a dent. Will we eliminate it? No, but again, it's like changing your, your, your eating habits or your, your exercise habits. We're not asking you to run a marathon, right? In six months, we're not asking you to lose 70 pounds in six months. We're not asking West Virginia to go to first but be better than you were yesterday. Right, right. Chris, um, you just talked about nutrition, exercise. Um, between the two of you, you're both extremely healthy. Um, just giving some guidance on where to start, one versus the other, tackling them both. I mean, that's difficult too for some. So as far as recommending, do you make your nutrition choices first and then you add exercise or you just you know jump in no, I never 
Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I never encourage people to jump in and try to do everything at one time because that's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to do all the things at one time. And that's truly what leads to most people quitting is because they're trying to do too much. They want to exercise. They want to start eating clean. They want to do this, but it's just overwhelming because it is. Mm -hmm. So you start small. Maybe you choose to move a little. Maybe you choose to hydrate better, but start small. And you want to start with those small actions that will eventually just lead to habits. It's almost like brushing your teeth every night. You don't think about it. You grab you grab the glass of water and you just drink it without thinking about it. You go out for a walk. You move more. Um, but I think that you just need to choose one thing, either movement or nutrition. I mean, granted, you can start slowly eating healthier and making better choices while you're moving, but you don't want to overwhelm yourself because that truly is what derails people. They think they fall off this wagon that they're, they really were never on because there shouldn't be a wagon. You should just start doing something. Baby steps. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Baby steps. (laughs) Yeah. Taking that parking space. It's a little bit further back instead of going for the closest one. So absolutely. I also encourage um, to making sure you get enough sleep too. Sleep is a big factor that's been playing into a lot of um, the health issues also. It's making sure you have enough sleep. Sleep, water, yes, exercise. Um, And with all the diets out there, um, it's a question I have. We're seeing keto everywhere. We're seeing the the paleo or the the carnivore diet. Um, And you had both talked about kind of getting away from the diets. And I, I, I do understand it's it's making the healthy choices in nutrition, but it has to be a lifestyle change. Where are you with the diets and how, you know, as far as feeling either one of you, so that absolute no, I mean, I know the detox is something you, you try to kick for 21 days and then you get off and you gradually just do the, your lifestyle change. That's correct. Um, I really don't encourage the fad diets just because everyone is different. Like I talk about in the beginning and what works for one person may not work for another. We are all just so different. And I say, make little changes, maybe swap out instead of having chips with your sandwich, maybe have some fresh carrots, maybe have some fresh celery, but just make those small changes because that's what is going to help you learn what works for your body. Because Obviously, if you jump on keto or you jump on another fad diet, you're going to lose weight generally a lot faster because you're not taking in the higher processed carbohydrates and you basically have lost water weight. And um, most people will tell you that, that that's, but for some people, they see that immediate weight Mm -hmm. loss. And that's what keeps them going. And then they're like, oh goodness. Well, then when they start adding back in foods and they start to gain weight, then they think, oh, this didn't work for me. So then they jump on to find the next fad diet that worked for their friend. Instead of just making slow changes, progressive changes to whole foods um, and learning what works for their body. That's that's my best tip. And I would say there's no best diet for anyone. Yeah, But, but I think if you look at the basis and, and- so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a CrossFit person. So, you know, in the CrossFit world, the paleo diet is very popular. Um, the Mediterranean diet are popular in some places. But when you really look under the surface of those diets, they're really about healthier choices. That's really what they're about. Now, some of them allow more substitutes than others, which, you know, my colleague in the other room here would, would agree are, are a problem. But, but when you look at the basis of those, they're, again, they're not horrible, but they're all based on healthier choices. They're all based on 
fish and, and you know things that are natural right you look at paleo paleo at its basis is based on natural things that theoretically were around when the cavemen walked the earth so yeah if you go back to those things you're probably going to be healthier than you are today but those are hard to sustain is is the downside to them let me throw this question out to either one of you 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 two seem to be quite compatible in your family approach to diet and exercise what if i'm in an environment where that's not the case what what if my partner is not willing to adopt the changes that that i want to try to initiate boy that makes it hard yeah um i'll, I'll chime in but but she can tell you stories of, of clients that she's had but you know we've done different uh things with friends you know we've got a, a friend group that's a very nice um guinea pig group for for us sometimes that are you know high functioning mostly live very healthy individuals but but you do see it i i think that you know from where i sit it is very easy on me i am busy but but i'm blessed because somebody is there every day to say hey this is what you're eating today right that's easy for me right. it's actually a little bit of a joke in the office you know, hey, what'd your chef make for you today? <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I and I, I know that Christie's had clients that have had success. And I think from, from where I sit, it's mostly, it does make it more difficult, um, but it's mostly around mindset. Correct. Christy, help, help me out of that dilemma. Help you out of that dilemma. <laughs> it is about mindset and it is hard yeah. when you have unsupportive partners or spouses or other family members. Um, but I've actually encouraged some of my clients to slowly switch the products that they're buying um, and just, you know, say, hey, we're going to um, we're going to try this product instead of um, the one that we've been currently eating that's more processed. So that's one way that I've tried to help them out. I've also tried yet again to just do those gradual changes and even on their own. Um, and if that's maybe switching to um, roasting vegetables instead of eating the fry, the French fries, um, just things like that, and introducing their spouse or their family to these foods gradually. And that's truly the one way you can do it is it has to be gradual and that's for everybody. Um, and then a lot of the times you'll be surprised at the end of the 21 day sugar detox, someone will say, my husband ended up jumping in halfway through yeah, and yeah. now he loves it. He feels so much better. Um, his uh, pain, his joint pain is gone and he is just a believer now. And I'm like, well, that's wonderful. And then we keep up. I, I give them ways to not keep up with the 21 day sugar detox, but how to just, you know, stay on that same track with adding some things back, some treats as you might want to call it. Let, let's, let's get personal. We talked about all of this as doing things in moderation. When's the last time the two of you had a nice big fat piece of cheesecake or Stopped a DQ for a blizzard. Let's see. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I don't tolerate dairy any longer. Oh, okay. And and, and I did. I back in what ten years ago. Of course, yeah, I would have liked Dairy Queen. But because I changed, trying to find out what worked for me and what was causing me to have the pain, the inflammation, not being able to get up in the mornings and walk downstairs until I had, you know, warmed up or whatever. And I eliminated those and I felt so much better that now I don't, if I see ice cream, I'm like, huh, you know, 
whatever. I just no, 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 no. She'll have a bite. So, so I have. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I do. This is going to get entertaining here. <laughs> so, yeah, but you also have dairy-free ice cream. So, so, right. So I eat chocolate in yeah. my coffee every day. It's it's seventy-two percent dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, I eat ice cream not every night, but most nights, and it is gluten-free, is non-dairy, so it's oat milk-based or something to that effect. And and if you would have told me that three years ago, I would have. Um, yeah, she's shaking her head. Um, so, so no, we still have it. I mean, we, we had pizza last night. It was gluten-free pizza. She didn't have cheese. I did. Um, so, so again, it's not about, I think sometimes like diets and like the 20, you know, the 21 day DSD that she does is a reset. And then, like she said, you doesn't mean you leave those things out of your life, mm -hmm. but you know, I drink, I drink, well, can't really call it milk, but I drink milk in my coffee every morning, but it's macadamia milk. Okay. It's not, you know, if I, and if I do drink milk, it's full fat milk. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, to get personal, we still, you know, we <laughs> had a cake the other night, she made a cake. It was gluten-free cake and our 17 year old and our 13 year old devoured it because they're used to it. They eat muffins. 17 year old eats a muffin every morning before he goes to, to school. Guess what? It's gluten-free. He has no idea. It's dark chocolate. It's good. For, it's as good for him as it can be. So those are the things when she talks about sliding things in on your family over time that, that you know, even the kids can't tell anymore. Real quick. I um, love the ideas for home shopping, looking at the, reading the labels, baby steps, we are a society that likes to eat out. We're busy. We're running. What do you suggest as far as restaurants? I know no fast food. We try to limit absolutely no fast food on this end, but restaurants, we yeah. we do regularly. Yeah, it is. It is. Where do it, it makes it tricky whenever you go out to eat. However, you just look for better choices. You look for the grilled, you look for roasted vegetables, you look for a baked potato versus the French fries that have been fried and refried and refried a third time in the same oil that is now damaged. And that can lead to inflammation in your body. Um, you just try not to eat out as much because you don't know what they're putting in your food. You don't know if they're cooking with oil, if they're cooking with butter, if they're cooking with a good sustainable, like healthy bacon fat or something like that. Um, you just don't know. So that's why I say, enjoy, go out, enjoy it. Absolutely. You can't not eat out. I mean, that's not sustainable, but just try to limit and make better choices if possible. We're, we're about out of time. Um, I, I want to, I'm going to wrap up with a, a, a question, uh, Dr. Good, uh, from a um, dollars and cents viewpoint. Do you ever get optimistic that maybe one day people will realize that the Chris and Christie way might be a whole lot cheaper than the cost of medical bills and insurance and all the things they pay for now? Yeah, so you make a good point, Gary. I mean, we're, we're fortunate. I mean, that's just we're fortunate to have the means and the, the ability uh, to get the things that, that we like that are healthier. But, but I do hope that, you know, driven either by um, societal norms or the medical community or, you know, the government or, or, or whatever, that, you know, at some point in time, um, and, you know, again, we can go back to, to when, you know, cereal was supposed to be the healthiest thing ever for you. And, and well, it's not. 
Um, but but I, I do see a day where things become more mainstream and I don't think we tax our way out of it. Um, but I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I hope that that's the case. Yeah. You know, and I hope that as people get educated um, and, and see that, wow, I'd rather take the effort to do that than to have to go in the hospital every you know, year or two years or, or be scared or lose a family member or something of that nature. Um, it's going to be a while because we've created this as a society. Um, we have, we have programmed ourselves to be fast, fast junkies in yeah. whatever term, right? It's easy to get, it's easy to eat and we're all on the go. So again, hopefully the pandemic slowed us down a little bit, but, but I'm optimistic that just creating awareness and, and thanks to, to you and Amy and the sponsors for putting this up, just, just really creating awareness um, that that opportunity is out there in West Virginia. Sometimes, you know, we, we have a little bit of an imposter syndrome in West Virginia. Christy and I both grew up here. You know, we're both lifelong residents of West Virginia. And, you know, West Virginia has a little bit of an imposter syndrome that, that we're destined to be at the bottom. And I, I don't think that's the case. So just telling people that there's, there's opportunity, there's hope, there's people that you can reach out to that will give you that, that hand up, you know, to use the phrase, not the handout. And uh, like I say, hopefully we're better tomorrow than we are today. Well, uh, I can't thank you all enough for joining us as we said at the outset, and, and you all are very familiar with the mission of, of Healthy Harrison. Uh, the idea is to, to get people started one at a time, baby steps, and find ways to implement some of these changes in their uh, in their life without making it uh, as hard as it sometimes might seem to various individuals. So we thank you for uh, uh, your role in this and for helping us uh, today. We hope we gave people some good information to, to take away. I also want to alert people to the fact that they can continually get more information about Healthy Harrison by going to either healthyharrison.org or you can go to Healthy Harrison on our Facebook uh, page. Uh, I'd like to again thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, uh, WestVirginianews.com, and Interaction Media. Uh, our great thanks to Interaction Media folks because they help us pull. Could not do it without them. Video, are you still around with us, Amy? Yes, still can, here. Chris, Chris and Christy, can you see Amy? No. Yeah. Well, I can I, see her, but she's frozen. Yeah, she's frozen in time, but it's a good. Oh. Okay. Well, I knew she was still here with us because I could hear her and, and she was asking questions, but we, we apologize that for some of you watching our podcast. If you, you lost Amy, she's fine and she's still with us. But Amy, thank you again for co-hosting this week. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chris and Christy. Really appreciate it. Good information. Great information. Um, sorry that I froze. I hope it's a decent picture. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll let the technicians figure that one out. <laughs> again, again, Chris and Christy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for the help that you're providing here in Harrison County. Uh, Chris, you know that, uh, you know, Dr. Marsh's uh, goal here is for us to be very, very successful in Harrison County and develop a template that we can take out to the entire state of West Virginia. So if we can accomplish that, we will have, we will have done good. Absolutely. We'll be leading the way as usual.
Thanks to both of you. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back again next Friday, 1230. Hope you can join us.